In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So on the first Sunday of Advent, we look forward to the coming of the kingdom. And about the coming kingdom, Christ says, keep awake, keep awake. The Greek here in Mark 13, 37, really means more than being awake. Instead, it suggests stay alert. And there's a difference. I taught high school students long enough to know that being awake and being alert are not the same thing. And so about the coming kingdom, Christ commands us to stay alert, stay awake, stay watchful. Don't just be awake, be watchful. Christ uses a parable to explain his command to us. He says, the coming of the kingdom will be like a household owner returning home after a journey. When he returns, will he find his servants diligent, or will he find them working, will he find them asleep? Will the watchman be on guard doing his job, or will he be dozing? And so the command comes to us. Christ says to all, stay alert. But how do we know if we are alert? How do we know if we're ready for the coming of the kingdom? In church history, some people have taken this as a call to live severe disciplined lives. They would become monks and make their whole lives about prayer services around the clock. They would sell all that they had to give to the poor, join monasteries. They would refuse to get married with the intention of they wanted to be alert. They believed that the monastery would keep them awake and alert. And so when Christ came, he would not find them sleeping. And so they got rid of every distraction in life. They didn't have money to distract them. They didn't have a business. They didn't have a spouse. They didn't have children. They, forsook, they forsook it all so that they could stay awake. Luther argues, though, that when Christ commands us to stay alert, that the command is really not about divesting ourselves of all worldly connection. Instead, Luther says when Christ commands stay alert, he's really reminding us of the Lord's Prayer. So, my catechism students will know, but the second thing, the second petition we ask for every week in the Lord's Prayer is thy kingdom come. We always pray daily, hopefully weekly as Christians, we pray for the coming of the kingdom. But Luther reminds us that such a prayer is really a prayer about our hearts. Because there's always a part of our sinful nature, our sinful flesh, our sinful hearts that really doesn't want the kingdom to come. We can be much too comfortable in this world to really want the coming of the kingdom. But what we know is that becoming a monk or becoming a nun doesn't actually solve the problem. Renouncing everything in the world will not help us to desire the coming of the kingdom. Our problem is not in the world. Our problem is our heart. Our hearts are far too comfortable with this world and this world's promises. Jesus' teaching here in Mark 13 takes place during Holy Week. And a short time after Jesus had said these words in chapter 13, he would be praying in the Garden of Gethsemane that God's will would be done. And at that time, what were his disciples doing? Well, they were sleeping. On that night, God was acting for the redemption of the world, and the disciples were not alert, but they were dozing. They were tired. They didn't understand the magnitude of the night. 
And this is us also. Because there's part of us that would rather accept that the most important thing in our life right now is the comfort of the world. When we find ourselves very comfortable in the world, we ought to be aware that we are in spiritual danger. We often get comfortable in this world because we're not taking God's presence in our lives seriously. And we don't recognize the ways in which God is present with us even now. And so like the slaves in the household of Jesus' parable, when we come to believe that the master is far off, then we will come to think that the biggest priority in our life is getting comfortable here and now. We come to believe that we will be able to make time for ourselves, that what we see in this world is the only thing. And we come to believe spiritually that, well, someday we'll get ourselves ready. We know that the master will show up sometime in the future, and so in some future day, I'll make amends. I'll get my life right in the future. And spiritually speaking, this is to hold on to some sin that we don't want to give up. When our hearts be to begin to believe that the best options are the options that are sins, then we're spiritually asleep and we're not awake, we're not alert to God's grace. God doesn't want us to be comfortable in our sins. He wants us to be uncomfortable with our sinful flesh. He wants us to be uncomfortable with the real temptations of the world. He wants us to know that there is something better for us. What this broken, sinful world has to offer does not compare to what God promises us. Again, Luther writes that there is no one so well prepared for the judgment day as the one who longs to be without sin. Right, when we finally get uncomfortable with the world and we realize how destructive sin is to us and to all of creation, then we can begin to really pray, thy kingdom come. When you begin to consider the real sin, the real damage that sin does to you and to those around you, then you'll really begin to pray, thy kingdom come. When you begin to understand and see the ways in which the suffering around us is the result of sin, you begin to long for God's kingdom because God's kingdom is the end of sin. It is the end of the consequences of sin. It is the end of suffering and pain. It is the end of judgment. It is the end of death itself. Those of you who have stood by the graves of someone you love, you know what it is to pray, thy kingdom come. Because in those moments of pain and grief and loss, you know the real sorrow that sin produces. Those of you who have committed some sin that really hurt someone, and you've felt the weight of that guilt, you know what it is to pray, thy kingdom come. Those of you who have suffered pain or disability from illness, you know what it is to pray, thy kingdom come. And so when Christ tells us to keep alert, he's not just telling us to try harder. He's not saying go become a monk. He's not saying go do heroic feats of faith to prove that you're awake and alert. No, when Christ says keep alert, He's telling us to keep alert for that which is our true hope. He's telling us to know that the good news of what he has accomplished for us is the true hope that we can hold on to, not the false promises of this world, but his promises. 
When my wife and I were engaged, she had actually spent three months studying in Germany. And of course, I counted down the days until she would be home. Right? The day when we would not have an ocean separating us. The day when she would be in the same time zone, that we could be together. Right? I was keeping alert for the day she would arrive back on a plane back to the States and I could pick her up. And I was keeping alert for the day of her arrival with that anticipation because I knew how joyful it would be to be reunited with her. And that's the spirit of being alert and awake in Advent. Christ is not telling us just to be good, well-behaved, well-mannered people so he doesn't catch us in the act of doing something bad when he returns. Instead, he's telling us to keep our hearts holding on to the joy of our salvation. He's telling us to have hope. He's telling us to look forward to the day when sin will no longer cause us to suffer. But the question is, as it always is, what happens when our hearts aren't there? What happens when our hearts are not alert, when we're not awake? What if we look inward and we say, I'm actually quite comfortable here in this world? What if we're not in a place where our hearts are looking forward to the coming kingdom? What if we find ourselves spiritually apathetic? Or what if we're even resistant to the gospel? What if we find ourselves like the disciples in Gethsemane who are asleep rather than alert? So if you find yourself in that place, then by all means, confess your apathy, confess your resistance, but more so trust in God's forgiveness. The reality is for all of us that Advent is a busy time. Everyone is getting ready for Christmas. There's shopping to do. There's preparations to make, decorations to deal with, parties to attend, school events to attend, gifts to wrap, cards to send, meals to cook. There's no end to the tasks that are going to pop up in the next four weeks. There's going to be a time in this season when you are not alert, when you're just not feeling it. There's going to be a time when you find yourself spiritually dry, when you find yourself in some kind of trouble, when you find yourself thinking of some past sin, some present guilt that's weighing you down. There might be a time where in the long, dark days of December, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling sad, you're not feeling hope. You'll feel a lot of things, but there are going to be days when you're not alert. There are going to be days when you're not hopeful. And so if you feel at all discouraged or down or troubled this Advent, then hear this, that God's promises are most especially for you. And lean on those promises. Right, don't try to keep yourself awake and alert. God will keep you awake with the joyful proclamation that Christ has come for you. Just as Christ forgave the sleeping disciples, he will always, forever forgive you. God will deliver those hopeful promises straight to you. That's what he promised to you at your baptism. And this morning, in just a few moments, together we will see that the master is not far from you, but he has arrived. Because in a few minutes here, we will kneel together in communion and we'll receive him. And he will say to us, your sins are forgiven. I am with you. In these dark, busy days, I'm not going anywhere, but I have arrived. And so be alert. Be alert not for some future day, 
Be alert not on the day when you get your act together, not on the day when you feel hopeful and you feel spiritually alive and awake, but be alert today. Be alert this moment because his kingdom is coming now for you and the light of his promise shines upon you. Amen.